This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, available on demand on your favorite podcast directories, and you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or you can shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com or call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, that noise you hear uh, is panic and dread coming out of the Democrat National Committee and mainstream media newsrooms across this country. Of course, I'm talking about the GOP convention, which opened last night. And the contrast between the first night of the Republicans' convention and the Democrats' convention could not be more stark. Just in the way that they they run things in government, the Republican convention was very well produced, very expertly put together, in contrast to the Democrats' sort of Zoom meeting – what would you call it, Uh, a dumpster fire. The Democrats didn't keep a handle on their radical left base. They actually put them on the program. The speakers that spoke in prime time were low energy. The spots were poorly produced. The lighting was terrible. The, The narratives that came out of it were awful. Compared to last night, the, uh, the Republican convention was a polished tour de force. And I can imagine right now that the, the DNC and their media mouthpieces are freaking the hell out on how they're going to go about um, minimizing the damage that the Republicans are doing by contrasting their expert production with the Democrats' amateurish production. Tater over at CNN, Brian Stetler, uh, tried to set the groundworks. I think he kind of saw what was coming by saying, oh, everything you're going to hear out of the Republican convention is going to be lies. So pay no attention. And what we are going to see in the next few days is a truth imbalance, because if we've learned anything from the Trump years, it's that there's a, a real likelihood. There's a real forecast of lies coming fast and furious from the president and sadly from many of his allies uh, in these speeches, in these videos, in these events that we are about to witness. There's a real difference. There's a real contrast in how much lying and, and, and 
deception takes place between uh, Trump world and other parts of the political universe. So there he's telling you he's, he's trying to, uh, to uh, discredit the GOP convention before it even starts and set the groundwork for the uh, the networks not covering it. They want it. He wants them to check the GOP in real time. Of course, their version of the truth is totally at odds with reality, but that's the the litmus test that Tater wants the media to uh, impose on the Republicans. There was no uh, 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 effort at fact-checking the Democrats at all. Fact-checking the Democrats is kind of a an exercise in um, futility because their whole worldview has gotten so twisted and separated from reality. So I'm going to, I've got a lot of clips I'm going to play you here today uh, from the convention. We're going to get to the, the continuing riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin overnight. And uh, we're going to show how the Democrats positions stated at their convention last week are contributing to and validating these riots. But I want to start first by playing the entire opening segment from the primetime coverage of the convention, narrated by John Voigt, the great John Voigt. And uh, it, it sort of lays the foundations for the rest of the evening. We come together tonight to imagine a future. Determined by the shining light of our hopes and values and faith. A country where we are judged by our character with dignity and respect for all. The belief that all are created equal, that lives matter irrespective of race, creed, or color. Committed to excelling beyond our dreams, limited only by our imaginations where rugged individualism and American exceptionalism inspire the best in each of us. And when we see injustice to one, we act to fix it for all. This is our story. We journey together. We stand in the breach to preserve a way of life that, while imperfect, has brought prosperity, honor, and dignity to generations past and will for generations to come. Four years ago, we faced an historic crossroad. Career politicians promising change every election, but delivering emptiness. We chose a different path. A man who is not a politician. A man who cares. A man who loves America and all Americans. A man who works tirelessly for you. Even tonight, during this nomination. The results... Jobs were created, embracing the undeniable greatness of diversity, prosperity, safe communities, protecting and serving, caring for one another. Still, politicians spun their deceptions and obstructed progress, fanning the flames of lawlessness. We all know that it is easy to criticize. It takes a true leader to solve problems. COVID-19, while others criticized without solutions, President Trump's swift action saved lives. And as leading Democrats want to keep businesses closed down, our president is leading the way for a full economic recovery. 
We are America. Despite unpredictable events, we as Americans work together to overcome challenges, write our own stories. The legends for our posterity. America. Land of promise. Land of opportunity. Land of heroes. Land of greatness. Join us over the next four nights as we write the next chapter of our journey share our vision as the greatest country with the greatest citizens that attain the greatest achievements. Just outstanding. Outstanding in every way. The opening was uh, slickly produced. Looked like something uh, out of a Hollywood movie. And I guess, you know, this president does have quite a bit of experience with with productions. But it's hard to believe that uh, he didn't uh, delegate this to somebody in the campaign that really hit it out of the park over at CNN. Even Wolf Blitzer had to acknowledge that the, uh, the Republican convention, at least on the first night was well produced in contrast to the Democrats. I think it's fair to say this first night of the uh, Republican national convention, uh, whether you agree or disagree so far, there've been a lot of speakers has been uh, sort of well produced, uh, very efficient. They're moving along uh, pretty much on time here. I think it- <laughs> He's on a panel when he says that, and you should see the face of the other CNN panelists. They they look like they just lost their dog. I think they uh, they lost their dog in this fight last night. Jennifer Rubin, who purports to be a conservative over there at the Washington Post, uh, was busy all night on Twitter trying to slam it. She uh, she said at one point, other than Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, the lineup is a bunch of nobodies. And a Trump relative, I think Dorothy Parker as well. I mean, her point was that that the Republicans were putting ordinary Americans up there to tell their stories instead of clogging up the program with a bunch of lunatic celebrities from Hollywood. One example of that is uh, Tanya Weiners, a small business owner from uh, the Great West. So grateful to speak with you today. My name is Tanya Weinrice. I am from Montana where I live with my husband, my hero, a Marine and retired police officer. My husband and I own Mountain Mud Espresso. We are not some multinational corporation. Our success is not measured by stockholders, but by our neighbors, the people we see at church and at jujitsu school with our son. Mountain Mud Espresso is the American story. A story not just for entrepreneurs, but for millions of hardworking men and women who are building their American dream every day. A few months ago, like so many businesses, we got the crushing news a large event we were serving was canceled because of the virus. Our business was on the brink, threatened to be shut down from losses that were not our fault. I was scared. I thought of our 50 employees, the Mountain Mud family, and when I thought of their jobs, I thought of their rent being due, their kids, and I felt personally responsible. I'm not too proud to admit that I fell on my knees and prayed, Lord, what do I do? His words rang clear, keep on working, it will be okay. I had faith, and let me tell you, you have to have faith when your husband is a Marine and a police officer who was shot at on the job. 
And when you run a business, a little faith goes a long way. Faith in Jesus and faith in America. But I- That's the, uh, the people that Jennifer Rubin were slamming. We've come to the point now where the paper of record in Washington, D.C. feels empowered to belittle ordinary Americans living their lives. Would you rather hear from Tanya Weinritz? Or would you rather hear from some cloistered, rich, entitled, spoiled, disconnected Hollywood celebrity? I'll take ordinary Americans every day. Charlie Kirk, I guess he's not, you know, uh, I guess he's not an ordinary American. I guess he's in the political arena at this point. But he's in his mid-20s, and he he is uh, fighting to push back the cultural Marxist indoctrination on America's campus campuses camp I <laughs> and uh and he gave a, a great speech I don't know how I'm gonna how much I'm gonna play of this because it's gonna be hard to uh, cut anything out good evening it is an honor to be with you tonight my name is Charlie Kirk I run the largest pro-american student organization in the country turning point USA fighting for the future of our republic Speaking to you in my personal capacity tonight as a 26-year-old, I see the angst of young people as well as the challenges facing new parents. I am here tonight to tell you, to warn you, that this election is a decision between preserving America as we know it and eliminating everything that we love. For decades, ruling class leaders in both parties sold out our future to China to faceless corporations and to self-serving lobbyists. They did it to preserve their own power and enrich themselves, all while rigging the system to hold down the good, decent middle-class patriots striving to build a family and pursue a decent life. All of this changed dramatically in 2015 when a billionaire named Donald Trump put his own life of luxury on the line. From that moment he came down that famous escalator, he started a movement to reclaim our government from the rotten cartel of insiders that have been destroying our country. We may not have realized it at the time, but Trump is the bodyguard of Western civilization. He has developed into the bodyguard of Western civilization. He's even having an effect uh, on... Europe and other uh, Western nations, showing them how to take care of their own and uh, and be strong nationalists. There are so many great clips coming out of last night. I don't even know which ones to hit first. I'm I'm going to skip our commercial breaks during this show because this is uh, this is more important. Following up on that theme from Charlie Kirk, Don Jr. when he get, got a chance, spoke of Joe Biden's personal involvement of the sellout of our country on these issues of trade. In fact, if you think about it, Joe Biden's entire economic platform seems designed to crush the working man and woman. He supported the worst trade deals in the history of the planet. He voted for the NAFTA nightmare. Down the tubes went our auto industry. He pushed for TPP. Goodbye, manufacturing jobs. Yep. That's... Joe Biden's history. While Ron Don Jr., I think uh, we'll play this clip where he frames the choice available in this election. People of faith are under attack. 
You're not allowed to go to church. But mass chaos in the streets gets a pass. It's almost like this election is shaping up to be church, work, and school versus rioting, looting, and vandalism. Or, in the words of Biden and the Democrats, peaceful protesting. Peaceful protests. Peaceful protests. We had more peaceful protests in Kenosha last night. One last clip from Don Jr. The world where the evils of communism and radical Islamic terrorism are not given a chance to spread where heroes are celebrated and the good guys win, you can have it. That is the life. That is the country. That is the world that Donald Trump and the Republican Party are after. And yes, you can have it. Because unlike Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats, our party is open to everyone. It starts by rejecting radicals who want to drag us into the dark and embracing the man who represents a bright and beautiful future for all. Remember when Barack Obama told us that defeating ISIS and their caliphate was going to be a generational project? Made no progress on it the entire time. Stood either purposefully idle or frozen by indecision. While ISIS terrorists raged across the region, kidnapping Americans, cutting their throats, burning people alive. Just like the Republican National Convention, the president came in, expertly identified the problem, solved the problem, took the leash off of our American military, and defeated ISIS and uh, and their caliphate in about six months. The Democrats, just as always, are trying to play the race card. They they require a 90% plus large black turnout to vote for them in order to win elections. And so every four years, they have been busy instigating and inciting racial conflict in this country. And they've done it to such a degree at this point that we've got riots in cities across America. And they continue to repeat this refrain, Donald Trump's a racist, Donald Trump's a racist, Donald Trump's a racist. You'll notice they never give any specific examples. Oh, they say, well, he tried to ban Muslims from coming into the nation. Well, he tried to ban travel from nations with high levels of terrorism. That just so happened to affect the Muslim community. He wants to secure our border. Well, they say he wants to secure the border because brown people are coming in. No, he wants to secure the border because his first and primary responsibility is to protect American workers and their wages. Herschel Walker came on last night, and I could ne- I could have not been more proud of this uh, great Georgian, fellow Georgian. And he uh, read the riot act on this whole charge of racism. I'm not an actor, a singer, or a politician. I'm Herschel Walker. Most of you know me as a football player, but I'm also a father, a man of faith, and a very good judge of character. I've known Donald Trump for 37 years, and I don't mean just casual ran into him from time to time. I'm talking about a deep personal friendship. I watched him as an owner of a professional football team. Right after he bought the team, he set out to learn. He learned about the history of the team, the players, the coaches, every detail. Then he used what he learned to make the team better. 
I watched him in the boardroom. He can be in the middle of a big meeting, but if one of the kids was on the phone, he dropped everything to take the call. He taught me that the family should be your top priority. I watched him treat janitors, security guards, and waiters the same way he would treat a VIP. He made them feel special because he knew they were. He understands that they are the people who make this country run. They clean, they cook, they build, they drive, they deliver. He told me, Herschel, make an effort to get to know people. Remember their names. That stuck with me. One time, I planned to take his kids to Disney World with my family. At the last minute, Donald said he'd like to join us. So they was in a business suit on uh, It's a Small World Ride. That was something to see. It just shows you what a caring, loving father he is. It hurt my soul to hear the terrible names that people call Donald. The worst one is racist. I take it as a personal insult that people would think I've had a 37-year friendship with the racist. People who think that don't know what they're talking about. Growing up in the Deep South, I've seen racism up close. I know what it is, and it isn't Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump was uh, very popular among the black community before he ran for president as a Republican, and at which point the Democrats and their media mouthpieces entirely changed the narrative and just started throwing around these their favorite accusation, calling you a racist if you uh, or if you stand in their way. I was also very proud of another fellow uh, Georgian, Vernon Jones, a Democrat. Um, state representative from DeKalb County, Georgia. Another one of these where it's very hard to, uh, to not play it in its entirety because it was so powerful. Hello, America. My name is Vernon Jones, and I'm a state representative from the great state of Georgia. As you can see, I'm a man of color, and I'm a lifelong Democrat, too. You may be wondering, why is a lifelong Democrat speaking at the Republican National Convention? And that's a fair question. And here's your answer. The Democratic Party does not want black people to leave their mental plantation. We've been forced to be there for decades and generations. But I have news for Joe Biden. We are free. We are free people with free minds. And I'm part of a large and growing segment of the black community who are independent thinkers, and we believe that Donald Trump is the president that America needs to lead us forward. This is no time for sleeping in the basement. Joe Biden has had 47 years to produce results, but he's been all talk and no action, just like so many of the Democrats who've been making promises to the black voters for decades. We've been their captive audience. When President Trump sought to earn the black vote, the Democratic Party leaders went crazy. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer literally started wearing kente cloths around the the, the U.S. Capitol. As if pandering were enough to keep us satisfied. Let me tell you why I'm supporting our president. I grew up in the South. In Laurel Hill, North Carolina. Well, he goes through an inspiring personal biography, but uh, you're going to have to listen to that uh, separately. But, uh, you know, he's absolutely right. Blacks are waking up to the idea that they've been sold a bill of goods. If you give your votes every four years to the same party year after year, 
at nearly 100%, they are going to take you for granted. They're going to stop delivering on your agenda because they don't have to do anything to satisfy you. They can focus instead on their other far leftist constituencies like the radical environmentalists who want to shut down this economy, like the cultural Marxists that want to make everything about the color of your skin, like the, uh, the, the Bernie bros who want to take this country down a disastrous Marxist road. Blacks are culturally a very conservative group, and the fact that the Democrats have been able to hold them down on this plantation this long is really kind of amazing in itself. But the movement has started to uh, turn back the clock on that, and this president has done it. We've got a few more clips we're going to play for you after the break, and then we're going to go on to the, uh, the unrest, the peaceful riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and again in Portland last night. And we'll look at how the Democrats are trying to smear the Republican convention as it rolls on. Got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. If you have thyroid eye disease and the pain in the back of your eye is forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit treatmyted.com. That's treatmyted.com. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, I watched the convention on C-SPAN because I didn't want to have to listen to all the talking heads uh, interrupting. I wanted to hear all of it. And it's hard to know you know, which clips to bring you because oh, each and every speaker was profound. They were optimistic. They were warning you about, uh, you know, the, the direction that the Democrats want to take this country in, but they were contrasting that with a hopeful, optimistic message that this virus will pass, that we will return to greatness, that the second Trump term will be even better than, than the first. Nobody said it, but there was a subtext there that, you know, if uh, if we can get the House of Representatives back and clear away all of these uh, these lunatic attacks that the Democrats have been putting on, there's no telling how far into realigning this country this president can take us. Oh, where to go? Where to go? Uh, I want to play you a clip here. This is a uh, from a doctor, G. E. Golly from Louisiana, talking about the president's response to the coronavirus and um, putting the lie to the way that the Democrats dishonestly framed it. I am Dr. G.E. Golly, an oral and maxillofacial surgeon 
and chancellor of a large academic medical and research center in Louisiana. I feel uniquely positioned to share how President Trump's decisive leadership led to a rapid and efficient response to the coronavirus pandemic. I know this as a health professional and as someone who has recovered from COVID himself. The COVID-19 pandemic exploded into our great nation with an intensity unparalleled in history. But our medical investigation and drug development systems were not designed for a pandemic. The devastating effects of the coronavirus demanded immediate changes at the regulatory level. A prompt response led by President Trump cleared away the red tape that usually makes drug approvals a long and drawn out process. By harnessing the resources of the federal government and the private sector, President Trump's Operation Warp Speed is accelerating the testing, supply, development, and distribution of therapeutics, diagnostics, and very shortly, effective vaccines to counter COVID-19. He goes on to talk about how the president uh, cleared away the, uh, the impediments to get therapeutics out there and says that he, in fact, himself uh, received here is this word again, remdesivir. Hey, I got it right. Uh, to approve remdesivir and the uh, uh, the uh, plasma antibodies, and that he took those both and recovered quickly. It's a shame that the, the Democrats were uh, successful to a large degree in discrediting hydroxychloroquine. You can look. There's 52 studies that show that hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin are effective when used early in the course of this disease. And the reason why a lot of countries had uh, relatively few mortality is because they uh, they used hydroxychloroquine. Weren't big profits to make there, of course, so uh, so the media who who are in the pocket of the big pharma uh, were able to uh, to discredit it. I thought it was interesting to find out that uh, the the GOP is adopting the same platform that they used in 2016. And my first reaction to that was, you know, uh, we need a platform. We need an updated platform to say what this party stands for. And, of course, the the mainstream media attack that as being somehow undemocratic and negligent of the party's responsibilities. But when you dig into that story a little deeper, you find out that the reason that they didn't put out a new party platform is that there was no way to have a large enough meeting caucus to formulate a new platform under the rules that are in place for uh, for the virus. And putting out a platform that would have been drafted by a small handful of people, would that in itself would have been undemocratic. And so really, um, you know, the, the platform that was put into effect in 2016, while it doesn't address the massive unrest in our streets yet, is exactly the, the direction that the GOP wants to continue to go. Trump spoke uh, uh, last night. He's going to speak every night. He spoke last night accepting the nomination. He went on for uh, an hour, and he was upbeat, energetic, uh, uh, in in good spirits, and when you contrast that to the uh, Joe Biden's acceptance speech, which took place on the final night of the Democrats' convention, a twenty minute speech 
were told that it was a, you know, a, a great exercise in oratory when in fact it was very pedestrian. And we later learned that it was a canned speech that Joe Biden's been giving for nearly 20 years in large part. He did flub some uh, words. As a matter of fact, the money line in his 20 minute speech, uh, he said it to mean exactly the opposite of what it's intended to mean. Never mind that Joe Biden's got it up on his Twitter page, thinking that this is a great example of his, uh, his newfound oratory ability. In times as challenging as these, I believe there's only one way forward as a united America, a united America, united in our pursuit of a more perfect union, united in our dreams of a better future for us and for our children. United in our determination to make the coming years bright. Are you ready? I believe we are. Well, let me just uh, comment on that. He thinks that the country is supposed to be united as these Democrat constituencies, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, rage across this country, burning people's businesses, assaulting police officers, just absolutely rioting in city after city, and the Democrats weren't able to to rouse themselves to condemn it at all. Here's the, the money line that Joe Biden flubs. This is a great nation. We're a good and decent people. For Lord's sake, this is the United States of America. And there, there's never been anything we've been able to accomplish when we've done it together. There's never been anything we've been able to accomplish when we've done it together. Of course, that's supposed to say there's never been anything that we have not been able to accomplish when we've done it together. And there, there's never been anything we've been able to accomplish when we've done it together. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, there was a lot of talk about whether or not uh, Joe Biden pre-recorded that message. If he did, they certainly should have edited it or, or re, redone it. Of course, the, uh, the media is not interested in covering that at all. So the ratings are in, and uh, uh, the ratings for, or at least the early indications of the ratings for the Republican convention are about four times that of the first night of the Democrat convention. Here's Joe Concha, who writes for The Hill, on that issue. I think ratings do mean something in terms of enthusiasm, sure. people tuning in. They're curious about the message. On C-SPAN's um, live feed on their YouTube channel, night one of the DNC had 76,000 views. Night one of the RNC so far has 425,000 views. Whoa. That's five and a half times the number of views, right? So we saw yeah. Joe Biden's speech last week. 22, people, 22 million people did tune in, Steve, but that was 15 million less than the president's State of the Union address uh, earlier this year, pre-pandemic, when he could actually go out and 40... Yeah, well, I watched and listened to the, uh, the convention on C-SPAN. And the fact that uh, C-SPAN was five and a half times more than the Democrats convention uh, is telling. And I, I think that those numbers are probably going to translate over into the, the, uh, the, the networks as well. Although I, I could say that um, you really can't trust the ratings that they will put out because uh, they will be manipulated. 
YouTube, I'm surprised, didn't uh, manipulate that. Maybe they did. Maybe it was even more lopsided than five times. After the convention was over, a Democrat voter from Ohio called in to the C-SPAN line. He called in on a Democrat line and had this to say. Rick in Lorraine, Ohio, Democrat. Hi, Rick. How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm from Lorraine, Ohio, which is a Democrat city in Ohio. And I just want to say after watching the convention tonight on TV, on C-SPAN here, I am definitely changing my vote to Republican. And I'll tell you what, they just put the Democratic Party, or the Republican Party to shame. I'm going to follow the Republican Party now. But why? What, what, What was it that convinced you about tonight? It was the heartfelt way they came across to the <laughs> It was pretty easy. One was a pro-American convention for the Republicans, and one was an anti-American convention. The Democrats spent so much time in their four nights smearing America. Smears and hoaxes are, of course, the, uh, the, the currency over there in the Democrat Party. When Trump made his campaign speech in North Carolina, his acceptance speech, the Lincoln Project falsely accused one of the uh, delegates from shout, uh, for shouting monkey when Donald Trump uh, mentioned Obama's name. It was an outright fabricated lie. And uh, here's what it sounded like. If I can find the clip. Here we go. Steal the election, just like they did it last time with spying, and we caught them, and that included President Obama, and that included... That's where he was supposed to have shouted monkey, according to the Lincoln Project. Let's listen again. That included... And that included... He says Spygate, just as clear as day. But that didn't stop this this um, post, this social media post from the Lincoln Project from making the rounds of all of the major media. And they just ran for the longest time for about three hours straight with this obvious lie that a Republican delegate had called Barack Obama a monkey. Here it is again. And that included Spygate. It's just as clear as day. And that's part of their, uh, their strategy, their purposeful strategy every four years to incite racial division in this country. Nancy Pelosi was uh, on, I think she was on CNN yesterday, calling the president, uh, no, it was MSNBC, calling the president of the United States an enemy of the state trying to interfere in our election. But they're not the only ones. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress of the United States. That's part of her continuing latest hoax, the, uh, the post office hoax, the mailbox hoax which was thoroughly debunked and discredited over the weekend and on Monday when uh, the Postmaster General DeJoy went up to Capitol Hill, testified before the Senate and the House, and basically showed them that there was no truth 
to all of these Democrat charges. That didn't prevent one of them over in the House of Representatives for making this threat against the Postmaster General. Do your mail delays fit Trump's campaign goal of hurting the post office, as stated in his tweets? Are your mail delays implicit campaign contributions? These types of questions. I'm here. I'm here to represent the postal service. Has nothing to do with all my actions have to do with improvement in the postal service. May this. Am I the only one in this room that understands that we have a ten billion dollar a year loss? Right. Am I the only one in this room that took that OIG report? Will you give this committee your communications with Mark Meadows, with Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, with the president? Mr. DeJoy, is your backup plan to be pardoned like Roger Stone? Oh, God. (laughs) Pitiful. You have two seconds to answer the question. I have no comments. So there's a guy, a Democrat, threatening the postmaster general who's, who's brought in to return efficiencies to the post office so they can stop bleeding money. Got a Democrat politician there, Jim Cooper threatening to send the postmaster general to jail in line with their po- their mailbox hoax. So I want to talk a little bit about the Democrats convention. Uh, Joe Biden in actually this was after the Democrat convention gave one of his very, very, very rare interviews with uh, ABC's uh, Jim Muir, Bill Muir. And, uh, he uh, he promised something that uh, has been the death nail of many Democrat politicians in the past to raise your taxes. Said, President Biden, a Biden administration will raise your taxes. Will you raise taxes? I will raise taxes for anybody making over four hundred thousand dollars. Let me tell you why I'm going to do it. It's about time they start paying a fair share of the economic responsibility we have. Well, that's a lie right there. What he said repeatedly on the campaign trail is one of his first acts in office would be to repeal the Donald Trump tax cuts. Now, I don't think he can do it unless he gets both houses of Congress. But if he does that, then he's going to raise everybody's taxes because everybody got a tax cut in that bill. For many middle-class families, it was many thousands of dollars a year. But the idea that he's just going to raise taxes on people making over $400,000 and on corporations is a lie. His, his uh, policy prescriptions that he put together are going to cost $40 trillion. You cannot fund a $40 trillion program on the taxes of uh, people earning over $400,000 a year, you could and you could confiscate all of the wealth of people making over $400,000 a year, and you would still not get there. This is the Demo- big Democrat lie, pretending that, that you can uh, make the rich pay their fair share. Never mind that the, uh, we have a progressive tax system that already um, makes people who, pay, uh, who earn more pay higher percentages of their salaries and, uh, and wealth. But he, uh, he's promising also to raise taxes on corporations. That is going to have the effect of uh, destroying jobs in this country, and we will end up in the Democrat 
downward spiral that, uh, that these class warfare arguments always end us up in. I said 40 trillion. He's, uh, he's promised 4 trillion in uh, new programs. But here's, here's the real lie about behind all of this. After Donald Trump's tax cuts went into effect that supercharged this economy, put millions of people back in the employment roles, resulted in rising wages and competition for jobs, federal revenues actually hit an all-time high. So they're, they're playing these class warfare games not in order to increase revenues to fund their left-wing agenda. They're promising to make the rich pay their fair share simply as a way of stoking class conflict in this country. Now, I believe, I do believe, that there should be an alternative minimum tax for big corporations. We should not have companies like Amazon not paying a significant percentage in taxes. There needs to be an alternative minimum tax for corporations the same way there are for private individuals. Maybe you should drop the alternative minimum tax for private individuals and uh, keep it in place for corporations. But the Democrats' tax um, schemes... Well, it wasn't just Democrats. It was uh, Republicans, too. Forced thousands and thousands of corporations to take their operations offshore. And that killed American jobs and reduced the actual net revenues to the federal government. Joe Biden, in that same interview, promised that uh, if he was in charge he would, uh, he would shut down the economy if Dr. Fauci told him to. Sworn in come January, and we have coronavirus and the flu combining, which many scientists have said is a real possibility. Would you be prepared to shut this country down again? I would be prepared to do whatever it takes to save lives, because we cannot get the country moving until we control the virus. That is the fundamental flaw of this administration's thinking to begin with. In order to keep the country running and moving and the economy growing and people employed, you have to fix the virus. You have to deal with the virus. So if the scientists say, shut it down? I would shut it down. I would listen to the scientists. So he's going to listen to the scientists, the scientists whose uh, who's only real concern is the virus itself. He's not going to take any into account any of the economists that, that will say that if you do that, you will destroy the economy that will result in a far greater uh, pain and loss of life in this country. Of course, last week he said that, uh, that he, it, one of his first, he, he's got a whole bunch of first things he's going to do if he's elected would be to mandate uh, a nationwide uh, mask wearing. If you're outside, doesn't matter if you're by yourself, a mile away from the closest uh, next person, he's going to mandate that you wear a mask. Remember how they called Donald Trump an authoritarian when he said that he was going to um, tell the governors to open their economies back up? Oh, he doesn't have the authority to do that, they, to- they told us, and, he- and they're right. The president doesn't have the authority to mandate that states Reopen. He also doesn't have the authority to tell the states they have to shut down. 
And I don't think that the president of the United States has the authority to, to mandate everybody in this country wear a mask either. But now we're supposed to listen to the scientists. After Democrat governor after Democrat governor sent infected patients into nursing homes, the most vulnerable in our society that resulted in tens of thousands of unnecessary deaths. The same um, Democrat Party that discredited hydroxychloroquine, when in fact there's 52 studies that uh, show it can be effective early in the course of this virus. The same ones that first told us that masks were useless and in fact could lead to greater infection are now telling us that we absolutely have to wear a mask or, or Joe Biden will make it law. Remember when Chris Como over on CNN said this? Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Well, uh, I think it's in the constitution, Chris, the right of the people to peacefully assemble shall not be infringed. But that, uh, that, that statement he makes there right, right there encapsulates this. The protesters are, are protesting because a man who had a warrants out for his arrest on felony charges of sexual assault, who had a long history of assaulting police officers and carrying illegally carrying concealed weapons, tried to take a man into custody. He fights with them, wrestles around on the ground with them, refuses to submit to an arrest, opens his car door and reaches in and is shot as a result. It was not the police officer's fault. Jacob Blake put that police officer in reasonable fear of his life by not complying with those orders. I've got a clip here. Uh, if I can find it. Oh, man. Come on. I got to find this clip for you. Oh, Big Dave on Twitter. <laughs> I can't believe you got to explain this to these brain dead ass Negroes. Well, don't your black life matter? Yeah. And you know why? Because I say that it matters. See, I don't need to go out in the street with a sign screaming this like a fucking idiot and throwing a temper tantrum like a damn child. Uh, also, I'm not even remotely worried about being killed by the police. You know why? Come here. Let me tell you. Because I'm not a criminal and I don't go around committing crimes. Also, if I do interact with the police, guess what else I don't do? I don't fight the cops and I don't resist arrest like a moron. I don't know why they always killing us. Really? See, nobody cares about your skin color. Nobody gives a damn about your brown skin. See, it's your up behavior is why people don't like you. That's why I don't like you. You dumb <laughs> I apologize if any of you had any kids in the rooms, uh, and I apologize to the kids as well. But that that uh, 
that really encapsulates it in its entirely. In almost every one of these instances, these uh, these black suspects and whites do it too. I, I would think it a less to a less degree. Resist arrest, fight with the cops, don't submit to a lawful arrest. Then they get shot, and we have to have cities across this country burned, people's businesses destroyed, lives lost. And in the mainstream media, they can't do anything but justify it and contextualize it. And Joe Biden and the Democrats have not uttered one single word in condemnation for these riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Quite the contrary, Joe Biden and the Democrat governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, both basically put their imprimatur on these riots, saying that this was a great injustice that Jacob Blake had been shot. Anybody would have been shot acting the way Jacob Blake did. White person, Asian, anybody that fought with the cops, uh, resisted arrest, tried to reach into his car, would have been shot because they put that officer in danger. An officer's got to go out there for a 25 or 30 year career. And he's got to make sure that he comes home to his family every night. He is not going to be lying dead in the streets because he gave the benefit of the doubt to a convicted felon with warrants out for his arrest. That was fighting with the cops had pulled a knife. They tried to use a taser on him to no effect. And then he reached into his car, which the cop had every reason to believe he was reaching in there to retrieve a weapon. Now, it was a justified shooting. Blake, Jacob Blake, caused his own shooting. He's lucky to be alive. But we need uh, we need some real education to go on uh, on what police officers face and how one mistake airing by one second can end up with them being dead instead of a, a violent felon. The Republicans brought out the McCloskeys on their convention last night, and they, uh, they illustrated the, the, how this can come to your neighborhood. And as a matter of fact, Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is burning, is a suburb of Milwaukee. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. 
No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.